Casper was the first community that I was a part of creatively that allowed me the room and the inspiration to discover myself, not just as an artist, but as a person. Welcome to season three of Spotlight, focusing on alumni working in the arts as emerging artists. Join us as we find out what Casper graduates of years gone by are up to in our Where Are They Now series. Alexander Dilley is an actor, writer and musician, graduating from St Patrick's College, Sutherland, and in 2019, acting graduate from the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts. In 2017, he's played an electric and dynamic range of characters across theatre, film and opera, most notably Gabriel Law in When the Rain Stops Falling, Konstantin Treplev in The Seagull, Paris in Romeo and Juliet, and Ivan Lofskov in the Whopper classical voice production of Die Fledermaus. So welcome to our pod, Alex. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. What an impressive bio. Uh, It's been an exciting couple of years. A lot's been happening since we've seen you last. So what years were you involved in Casper? I think it was 2012 through to 2015. The first thing I did was I went to Los Angeles with you. That was the first thing I did. And then I started the terms from there on. So why did you come back for more? I mean, why not? It's such a... I mean, the program itself, the experience of Los Angeles in particular, but the program itself is such a rewarding and incredible environment to be a part of. This community that you've built here at CASPA is phenomenal. I came back because this was a a community in which I hadn't been involved with. Like I hadn't had any kind of creative community that I was a part of prior to CASPA. I was a very introverted very shy and very, very quiet person. The least amount of space I could take up, that was optimal for me back then. I'm sure you can remember. Now it's the complete opposite. I'm arguably too outgoing and open. So when did your love of the arts begin? Was it with that first experience? I think I've fallen in love with and then forgotten and fallen in love with arts a couple of times in my life. My first creative art was piano. I started playing piano when I was seven or eight, doing Amy B, classical piano and that whole spiel. When I was about 11 or 12, I started singing. Uh, My mum is a retired semi-professional opera singer. And so it was her encouragement with my brother and I doing piano, but then I decided to do singing as well. And through that, I ended up doing classical singing. And... Around that point, I found a love for music and piano. And suddenly it changed from playing piano because it was something that I have just done and was made to do and not being satisfied with it personally or creatively to suddenly it was a a gateway into this world of being and living, this creative environment. That was my gate in. And so when I started singing, it, it opened that up to a more more dynamic and more performative stage. Around the point where I started doing classical training at singing is also the point where I joined Casper as well. And The stars aligned. Yeah, the stars aligned. Lots of opportunity. From there, it's just up and up and up and up. Casper was the first 
community that I was a part of creatively that allowed me the room and the inspiration to discover myself, not just as an artist, but as a person. I didn't have a voice in the world and I didn't have a voice for myself in my own life and what I was doing at the point, 12, 13, 14. I was doing, you know, average kid things, playing sport, going to school, going through the motions and not really thinking about anything beyond that. What do you think was a changing or or a driver in the change? Would it be the access to the arts? Would it be the teachers, the mentors, the collaboration? All of the above. All of it. Well, that's what I mean. uh, Casper joining this program was such a pivotal moment for me because of all of these reasons, because it was a place I could come to removed from my natural environment, my home environment. When I first started here, came into a space where I had never done any of these things before, but I'd never sang with other people. I'd never danced before in my life. I still can't, but everything was new and everything was rich, even though I may have not have been experiencing it and seeing it for its full value at the time, it was there and it was giving something to me. That was that creative collaborative process being involved with this program with kids all around greater Sydney, people that I've never met in my life from different parts of Sydney, cultural differences, everything about it coming into this melting pot and just letting this mutual thing, this thread between all of us manifest, which was this love to perform. I hadn't, like I can't stress enough, I had no experience. I had not been involved with anything. And suddenly I'm in this community with people who are like-minded, kids' imaginations as rich as they are, with tutors who are fulfilled with their teaching and all have their specific disciplines that they are experts in and are also giving and respectful for dealing with the amount of kids you do it. I don't know how you do it. It's incredible. Because I think even though we have incredible dance studios and acting studios and singing studios and singing teachers and all this access, community theatre, it's not as readily available to a young artist as, say, group sport is to a young athlete. It's not culturally and socially that implemented into Australian culture. I think it's a fundamental it's a fundamental thing to have for any kid is to be involved creatively. And again, that ties back to my experience with here with Casper. It's the first, it's the melting pot for all of these first times for me as an artist. And that's why it was had such a rich uh, response. So a positive experience then throws you into a tertiary education in the <laughs> field. Yes. Tell us about that. Look, I did classes at NIDA, acting classes. I got pushed into doing this class. I think I must have been, I was 14 and it was acting for screen term with a incredible man. Les Chantry is his name. And he is one of the most formidable people in the acting industry. Incredible man. He was my first ever teacher. What was your greatest achievement since leaving school? I would have to say graduating from the acting program at Whopper is an incredible accolade. Accolade. I'm so thrilled to have studied there. That was year 11, year 12, when the acting thing started picking up and I realised this is something I wanted to do professionally. It was the school that I wanted to go to. So tell us how you went from somebody that didn't want to do a class into an acting graduate to study the course. How did that happen? It was starting to sing with my teacher, joining Casper's program, doing my first class, acting class with Les Chantry, then a subsequent class that I did at NIDA with another incredible man, Garth Holcomb, who's another one of my big teachers. He was the teacher. He was the person who cracked it for me. 
there was just something in the way that he taught that resonated with me. And that was when I was, I felt very ready to submit to this feeling that I had internally. So from there, I was like, oh, okay, I want to do this. I have to, I have to be serious about this because it's not an easy industry and it's a very misunderstood industry, especially from a consumer perspective. From there, I really started doing my research and figuring out as much as I could of how this industry worked, what is it that I needed to do to give myself the best advantage to be successful in such a competitive and such a chaotic profession. So around the point year 12, I finished high school. I went over to Los Angeles again and stayed there for 10 weeks and did a summer program at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And, and that, for me, was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. And that was a defining moment for me. And I knew that that feeling and that kind of community, that was where I was destined to be. So from there, that was it. I decided I wanted to, to get my professional classical tertiary training. I didn't want to just go into this industry because I knew enough to know that I knew absolutely nothing about this industry <laughs> and how to navigate it. All I knew was that there are a lot of very successful actors and musicians and dancers and whatever. They have had their professional training. How hard was that for you or what tips could you give to young students to pack up and go and pursue sure. their dream? You know, if you're wanting to go and you're wanting to study if you're going to move to Perth to study at Wapar or you're, you know, you're going to apply and try and get a scholarship to Juilliard, you can do that. It is not impossible. Do it. The only reason I've only just started finally writing music is because I couldn't do anything else in this lockdown and I had it there. I've been ignoring that for such a long time. So by all means, there's no cure to it. You don't just stop. Do you know what it is, Iris? For me, it was a book. It's a fable. Uh, Jonathan Livingston Seagull by Richard Bach. My dad gave me that book and I was entranced by it. Changed my life. I read that book at least once a year. More often not, more than once. So how did it change your life? It's a story. It's a story about a seagull who is striving for greatness, something greater than squabbling for food every day amongst the masses of seagulls. A meaningless base life. Jonathan is he, he's, he's looking for something more and he discovers that through flying. He realizes that he can, if he really puts his mind to it, flying and learning how to fly faster and learning how to do aerial tricks and things like that was a gateway to an ascended life. So but who's helped you fly? Who has, who has helped you fly? Who's been Jonathan. your role model <laughs> or inspiration to let you soar and be who you want to be? I find inspiration through every single person that I've met in my life because every single person has something, a quality about them that resonates in a way that it's just about finding that in people and using that. Yeah, the, all the sources of inspiration for me, it, it comes from watching films, watching good acting, listening to good music, being around wonderful people and the energy that they give out as an individual, books, Reading books, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. For me, it's more about being in tune with the serendipity of all of it. Uh, noticing when things happen that... Being present to a moment. Or yeah. But that v validify my curiosity. There's the fear factor or the excuse factor. Well, those glimpses of moments where you kind of bob and weave through those feelings, those moments, there's a source. There's always a source. It's an internal source or an external source. 
And what that is, that's the voice you want to be listening to. That's the source of inspiration. And it only goes so far away. It's enough to get the ball rolling. I don't look for it. I don't think you should try and look for that kind of thing. I think you should be welcoming the opportunity for things like that to happen. Changing um, track a little bit here. What's your dream gig? As long as I'm performing, as long as I'm in the art to the day I die and then beyond, I am satisfied with whatever it is that I'm doing. I don't have to be paid to be doing it. It doesn't need to feed me because I've realised that that feeling and that energy that exists within creative arts, that's enough for me. Final question. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to students who are thinking about the arts? Make your own work. Do something. Don't ever not be doing anything. Every opportunity you give yourself to play creatively is an opportunity for that part of you that bobs and weaves between the excuses and the being scared, that part of you that goes, no, but I still, I still want to do it. I'm not going to do it now, but I still want to do it. You're giving that voice every opportunity to be a bit louder, be a bit louder and a bit stronger. That's all it takes. It's just, it, it's a constant process and you need to trust the process. For some people it's bang, you book your gig and now you're a Netflix star. I have inc- wonderful friends who have graduated and had incredible careers straight off the bat. The majority of us, it's not the case. It's so turbulent. You don't know what's going to happen. So whatever you have control over, as the Stoics would say, take control over them. Don't leave things you have control over up to the what-ifs. Keep being you. And I am very serious about that. Look, one of the most important things that you learn in acting is that you are the most interesting thing about this moment, about this scene, about anything you do. It's you that brings it above it. But it's about who you are as a person that resonates through all of that. No technique, no top note, no pirouette. They will not resonate as much as who you will as a person. The art comes from within you. You don't have to look anywhere else for it. And I think that goes for every kind of art. That's the beauty of it, is that there is no answer to it. It's within every single person. Being in tune and trusting that part of you As Jonathan Livingston Seagull says, you have the freedom to be yourself, your true self, here and now, and nothing can stand in your way. Alex, it has been our privilege to be able to reconnect with you, to see that nothing's in your way. Cannot wait to um, watch this space. What, What a privilege. Thank you so much. It's been such a privilege for me to be here with you and to have this opportunity to talk with you. It's been too long. (laughs) 